0: You're about to hear my conversation with our Chief Investment Officer, Leslie Marks. We talk all about the Fed recent decision to hike 75 basis points and what that might mean to equities. We also talk about earnings and China. I hope you enjoy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Listeners should seek professional advice for their situation. Welcome to the McKenzie Investments Podcast. My name is Matthew Schnurr and I'm delighted to be back with our Chief Investment Officer of Equities, Leslie Marks. Leslie, welcome back. Great to be here, Matt. Uh, It seems a bit strange being the CIO of equities to lead with uh, the recent decision out of the Fed, but I think it's entirely timely and has implications for equities in all asset classes. We're speaking today on November 2nd. Uh, The Fed has just raised interest rates 75 basis points, which was expected by markets. Um, What's your take on on the recent Fed action, and how do you think that's going to impact equities and the like?
1: Well, first of all, you're right to ask about it because – Um, it does impact more than the bond market. It impacts equities, it impacts currencies, it impacts the outlook for economic growth. So, so many factors um, are impacted by the central bank decision-making. So it's a great place to start, Matt. And as you said, uh, not a big surprise. Um, You know, I think it was pretty much a consensus view that they were going to move 75 basis points. And so the focus was always going to be on the press statement over the rate move. Now, interestingly, if you if you look at market reaction, there's you know a small reaction, a couple basis points higher in rates, the dollars moved a little bit, markets kind of rallied a little bit and then and then sold off, but but no major moves in, in response. So I would say all in all, um the move was as expected. And the comments from the press conference were also kind of as expected. And and some of the highlights um, from the press conference were um, Chairman Powell, first of all, saying that ongoing increases were still likely um, and that they were needed to bring inflation down to that 2% target rate over time. He he also mentioned that um, future rate increases would be based on incoming data, which, which we knew. And the reality is that the Fed, they really had very little to go on to justify any adjustment in their hawkish policy. Um, Core CPI remains sticky. And last week we saw the Fed's favorite inflation measure, which is the trimmed mean core PCE, which basically trims out volatile prices. And that was reported last week. And thankfully it's not getting any worse, but it's not getting better either. And then the other important piece of data we saw Um, was the JOLT survey which indicated an uptick in job openings. And this was after seeing a downtick last month. So this was the last thing that the Fed wanted to see. And so there was really no basis for them to change um, direction on policy and, um, but they did indicate that they may start to move more slowly because they acknowledge and recognize that any move on um, interest rates or Fed policy does take time to work its way through the system.
0: Right. Um, and uh, I guess I'd love your perspective on uh, the timing where it works through the system uh, and just any sort of renewed view on inflation, uh, given that that's sort of the primary. Um, metric that the Fed is trying to to bring into control.
1: Right. So, I mean, inflation has certainly been stickier than uh, the Fed would have expected at this point, given the fast pace of interest rate increases. And I would say most of us um, looking at the market have been surprised by the stickiness of inflation. And I think the key is really, um, if you remember when the Fed started to increase interest rates, the focus was very much on, well, You know, they're only going to be able to influence demand. Um, What about the supply side? Well, interestingly enough, the supply side has actually kind of fallen into place nicely. We've seen, you know, excess inventories. We've seen basically on most measures, supply constraints easing off. Um, Shipping information and strains in shipping has also eased off. So lots of things are very positive on the supply side, which was the area people were concerned about because Fed policy can't. Um, target supply side. But where we've been surprised is that we haven't seen a response on the demand side. There's kind of two issues there. One is labor. And um, as I mentioned, um, the job openings data is still quite healthy. We haven't seen any major shift in the labor market, which is probably in response to how difficult it was to hire people coming out of the COVID pandemic. And so companies are You know, they're resistant to um, doing any major layoffs because it was so hard to get the people they have in place. So that sort of makes sense why it's sticky but also inflation in general is causing upward pressure on wages. And that's been the real shift away from kind of goods inflation to more services inflation. And we're seeing that on the upward um, wage pressures. And, you know, for those of us that are in Ontario, we're watching very closely what's happening with the education workers. And you can see the chasm between what, um, the Ontario government, for example, is willing to offer in the two percent range and right. what the workers are asking for, which is in the eleven percent range. So that's, you know, a microcosm of something that's happening much bigger across the economy in Canada and the United States and Europe, where workers are really demanding more and in most cases they're they're getting wage increases in that four to five percent range. so that the labor piece is very key to um the Fed's policy actually making an impact on inflation, and we have it hasn't given yet.
0: Right. Uh, so I guess that's uh, one metric that they'll be looking at uh, going forward and augmenting their path, uh, their hiking path, uh, based on that. When we're talking about equities and talking about the, the markets in general, the other uh, big component to valuing a company is clearly earnings. We're just nicely through uh, the earnings uh, season. Uh, what did you what did you see most recently out of uh, company earnings and any surprises there?
1: Well, I think it's a great bridge because when you think about it, valuing equities, there's the price component and then there's the earnings component. Obviously, higher interest rates impact what people are willing to pay for equities, but more importantly, and and I think this is the most important thing on earnings that we've seen, which is it's it's not been the same experience for all companies or all types of companies in in all sectors. So when you think about technology companies or some of these high growth companies that have earnings far into the future, those were the companies that started to get hit first when interest rates um, started to rise. And it's really just the math. When you start to discount the earnings back to present day, so net present value, higher interest rates, make investors want to pay less for those earnings. And so those are the companies that have been, um, I would say, not only... um, they were hit first in the sell-off in, in the market um, year to date, but also in this earning season, that's where we're seeing um, the greatest negative surprises as well. So they're getting punished heavily. And I think the best case study for that is probably Meta. The market does not like the fact that the company is investing more in the future, which is impacting the potential for profitability in the near term. And that's the worst thing you can do in a market that's not rewarding uh, investment in in the future. So you contrast that, and you know, there were lots of tech earnings that we saw that were disappointing last week, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, et cetera. But I think Meta was probably the highest profile because it was the worst performer. But contrast that with um, a company like BP, which announced earnings, strong earnings, And said they were basically going to reinvest um, their cash flow in their share price by um, buying back $2.5 billion worth of stock. So, you know, this is a company that's getting rewarded. It's a company that's trading at a 52 week high. The stock's up, you know, 50% year to date. Like, this is what the market wants to see. Obviously, strong earnings momentum being in the energy space, but this is where flows are going in this market.
0: Great. Um, and I, I believe in the last conversations, we had an opportunity to talk about sort of bellwether stocks like the uh, the FedExes, I believe we talked about in the Home Depots of the world. Uh, what was their results like this quarter? Was it remarkable in any way or is it sort of uh, as predicted?
1: Well, I think what we saw is you know, we got pre-announcements from companies like FedEx and Nike. And so those were kind of the stories leading into the quarter. I think where we saw strong earnings was in companies that have um, pricing power. So it was really interesting to see um, price increase announcements from companies like Apple and Coca-Cola and McDonald's and Unilever and Caterpillar. And those companies all um, did quite well because so far the consumer is proving to be inelastic to demand with higher prices from these companies.
0: That's great, Leslie. Um, The other big story that has happened uh, since we've last had you on the podcast is really China. Uh, and uh, The uh, recent uh, China uh, Communist Party uh, committee meeting uh, markets reacted very poorly uh, after after that meeting. Love to get your take on uh, what's happened in China and, and how to think about that.
1: So I think that's very important um, to address. Um, you know, and I I hope I can provide a balanced um, perspective on this because the market's reaction was very negative to China's twentieth National Congress. Um, the markets reacted negatively to President Xi Jinping because. Of concerns on the views of his seven-man standing committee with individuals that support a continuation of some of the policies that have generally been viewed as unpopular, um, including increased tech regulations and, of course, the zero COVID policy. And so markets are concerned that we're going to see more of the same. Now, remember, China's been a market that's been a laggard over the last two years, Um, certainly hasn't performed at the same level as, you know, Canadian stocks, US stocks, or even European stocks for that matter. And, um, you know, just to give you an example of how much investors don't like the zero COVID policy, yesterday, there was a rumor that China was striking a committee to withdraw from its zero COVID policy in the new year. And... Uh, the Hang Seng index rallied four percent intraday. Now wow. this rumor was quashed, and so um, the you know was it was not substantiated, and so the stocks pulled back a couple percent. But um, you know another example uh, related to the zero COVID policy is we just saw an announcement yesterday that. Um, China was um, announcing a seven-day lockdown in the region where Apple has its largest iPhone manufacturing plant, and this is huge. This is this is going to be problematic for their holiday shipments. This plant manufactures um, four out of five iPhone 14s are expected to come from this region, so it creates a lot of uncertainty for companies that rely and have concentrated manufacturing in China. And especially heading into the holiday season, which is so important for a company, and especially a company like Apple, which, you know, they always like to surprise and delight their customers. So this is a major issue, the fact that they continue to be so committed to um, zero COVID. But as I mentioned, I want to provide a balanced perspective because um, one counter to the negative sentiment on China would be that. To to remind people, despite the fact that it's been um, an underperformer over the last two years, Chinese equities that is, it's actually been one of the few major markets that has supportive, um, easy monetary policy in the world. And it kind of takes us to the top of our conversation today where we focused on the Fed and tightening policy. And so this is actually, you know, usually a positive backdrop for equities. It hasn't been in the region for Um, you know, political reasons, and and as I said, related to some of the policies and entrenched policies. But, you know, eventually, um, there will be a change in the zero COVID policy. So it's really about um, understanding whether or not um, you want to be contrarian and get in front of what at some point will be an opportunity. Now, To be honest, you know, this is a market right now because there's so much uncertainty where people want to be more risk averse. And so they're not looking to take on more risk with the potential for outsized gains. So it makes sense that a market like China wouldn't be in favor here. But there will be a day when there is a great opportunity to invest. It's just a matter of your risk tolerance um, for you know, investing in in greater volatility um, at present.
0: Wesley, uh, thank you very much for your insights. It's very uh, well well put on China. We'll continue to watch it. Uh, I can tell that you've been struggling through this one and I hope that you uh, get a little bit uh, more healthy uh, for the next one. So I appreciate you um, taking the time to chat with me today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And I just think it was such an important day for us to connect and um, to talk through the big decision from the Fed and, and the implications, especially after we heard from the Bank of Canada last week. So thank you uh, for making the time for me today.
0: The content of this podcast, including facts, views, opinions, and recommendations is not to be used or construed as investment advice and is not an offer or an invitation to buy or sell any securities. The content of this podcast should not be relied upon for any purposes and McKenzie Financial Corporation is not responsible for any reliance upon it. This podcast includes forward-looking information that reflects our current expectations or forecasts of future events. Forward-looking information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those expressed herein. Our views are subject to change based on market conditions.